welcome to season two, episode one of what? We're back from our holiday break. We're back and we're Chelsea. better than ever. Yeah. How was your break? I missed it, to be honest with you. I'm just going to come out and say that straight out of the gate. I thought you meant you missed your break. And I was like, haven't you been unemployed? Like... <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 it's, it's still the same. It's the same for me. Every day is the same. Um, but I mean, I miss recording what and editing it. Oh, well, you're in luck. Yeah. We're, we're continuing to do it. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> I got to have, I guess, uh, my taste of unemployment because my, my mm. office went offline for three weeks um, yeah. over the break. And so we just went back this week. And uh, you know what? I don't I don't think working is for me. I no, I don't like it. it. I don't like it. I don't enjoy I, it. I don't want to keep doing it. I don't want to do it for the next 60 years. I don't like it and it feels bad. I just actually don't. I don't want to. I just don't like it. It feels um, bad. I don't want to do it, it anymore. It makes me feel bad. Gosh, I feel like we have so much to catch up on. But let me just say, if you're Holy listening for the shit. first time... This is a part documentary, part competition podcast where two friends and sometimes three tell each other an interesting story and compete to be the most funny, hilarious, interesting story of the night. Uh, my name's Ellie Main and I'm a content creator based in Austin, Texas, and I'm the host every week along with my co-host, Chelsea Hafush. That's me. I am a podcast producer and um, a person that apparently makes people sad on the internet. Right. And What? <laughs> Oh, okay. Cause <laughs> so this morning we're already gonna go. We're gonna go. So okay. already this morning I posted what I still believe in my soul is an objectively funny tweet. I thought about it. I laughed for a long time. Was this the one about your dad's? Yes, it's very Aww. funny. It's so sad. Oh my god, don't be a person. <laughs> but then yeah, I got so many like responses from I mean like I'm sure well-meaning people that were just like, "Oh yeah, that makes me really sad." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "How come everybody else I feel gets to make cuz like all of the content that I like to enjoy on the internet?" Is yeah. like sad humor where it's like, hey, everything's really bad. And like, I would love to commit undo. And then the person is like, yeah, if you do that, we're going to bankrupt you. And they're like, oh, yeah. NBM. And I'm like, that's a great joke. That because like, that's how it works. Can you read your tweet? <laughs> there is something like uh, I have a fun like reveal about this, which is going to make it theoretically uh, worth it for you guys to listen to me read a, a tweet of my own back. Can you imagine anything more navel gazy? I'm on my own <laughs> podcast reading my own tweet that I'm angry didn't get the response I wanted because that's where we're at. So the tweet was, and again, I just really want to set the tone for everybody listening. Objectively funny tweet. Sure, sure, sure. I've had three different dads walk out on me, but no, I wouldn't say I have any hangups from it. In completely unrelated news, anytime a man over 30 is nice to me, I burst into tears. <laughs> Hilarious, hysterical, and true. If anyone is kind to me and they are like in any way like male presenting, I'll lose my fucking shit. Very funny <laughs> aspect of my personality. And then, yeah, there's all these responses that are just like, I just want to hug you. Just like, oh, I'm worried about you. So then <laughs> I made my boyfriend <laughs> write a response to my tweet that says, that's embarrassing for you. Don't tell people that I will never hug you. <laughs> which, oh my God. Which I also thought was very funny. And I laughed for a really long time. Uh, he's gotten pretty much no likes outside of me and my roommate. <laughs> and he said that he was worried that he would then look like a reply guy who was trying to nag me to get my attention. Mm, right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but it is really funny to me. And I just feel like I need you to like set a better tone. So that people right. know it's okay to laugh. Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. But I do think that maybe what is telling about this tweet <laughs> is that it has 216 likes, which is like a healthy amount of likes. No retweets. Nobody oh. wants to claim this sentiment as their own. Or maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm actually the best at like having dads walk out on me and like nobody really identifies with having three yeah. different dads. No one really thought about that one, did they? Yeah. So actually, I think in a way this is actually really affirming for me because like nobody is at my level, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Happy 2021. Did you think it was going to be better? It's an objectively funny tweet, everyone. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't really have anything to say to that. I'm going to be honest. That's very I sweet. I didn't know. I didn't I get know it. Your go. parents are still together. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
let me tell you about how this is going to work today because it's going to be a little bit different from our regular show. Um, essentially, armed with what I know and have from have pulled from the internet, and a very upsetting Fox documentary that I watched. Oh no! <laughs> I am going to take us through the moon landing conspiracy. We're going to just kind of take it together. We're going to, it's going to be just that topic today and feel free to stop at any point and let's dig into parts that you want to dig into. We're going to unpack this. Okay. Together. I'm so ready. Why are you doing tambourine typing? What's happening? I've never, I, first of all, I don't have to um, <laughs> It's because you taught me a little trick to be able to see the general chat. Oh, that's underneath. true. So I was responding to the general chat where people were being affirming. Well, I will rebuke you if I feel like you're not listening. Okay, I was listening because you're going to take me through everything and we're going to go through. We're going to go through everything together. It is buck wild. Are you excited to go on this journey with me? I am always excited to go on literally any journey with you. And oh. also, you know that this is like, this is the conspiracy theory where I this. hang my hat. This is my conspiracy yes. theory. Yes, and it is for so it's many. It's like an internal logical consistency. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. I don't believe that man went to the moon. The deadly radiation would have guaranteed their doom. They've never tried to go back. The elephants in the room. I don't believe that man went to the moon. Chelsea, my God. Okay, so there's there's so <laughs> there is so much here. There is so much here to talk about. We are that we can we're like we're gonna barely scratch the surface because like there are entire podcast series dedicated to this, I found, of course. I listened to a very frightening one where this bloke who is convinced of this conspiracy theory essentially like berated a woman who was like, No, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that's not true. It was, and I was like, it took me a, a while to figure out what side he was on. Cause he was like, well, I mean, <laughs> in the introduction, he was like, this is going to be interesting because she thinks differently to me and I'm excited to hear her arguments. So I thought the podcast was going to be someone explaining to a conspiracy theorist how the, that's not true. And it was the opposite. And it really, yes. um, yeah, it was very good. I watched a, an upsetting Fox, uh, yeah, I think it was like a Fox doc documentary about the conspiracy theory about the moon landing, which kind of also rested at like, well, it's probably not real. It's it's wild. Okay. Okay. So I feel like, okay, in terms of like my top three masochistic behaviors, yeah. they are that A, uh, I like to watch dog funerals on YouTube. What the fuck? <laughs> You've never watched a dog funeral? Like, they have, like, canine funerals and like that. And, like, you know, like, I'm not, like, like you know, like, dog cops are still cops. But, like, <laughs> a dog funeral is really sad. And, like, they put, like, they have, like, a little dog-sized coffin. And they put, like... Did you have three dogs walk out on you? Shut up! How dare you? <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Second of all, I'm just saying, like, this is a thing that I do when I want to cry. Like, when I want to, like, feel... Oh, when you want to open the floodgates. Yeah! So, like, dog okay. funerals. All right, yeah. Looking up all the ways that you die in a plane crash. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. And, but the third one is I would love, I mean, I would just love to like be the voice of reason on like an insane podcast. Like I would mm -hmm. love to be that woman that's like asked to go on a podcast and like explain to somebody like why the earth isn't flat. And like, yeah, I know it's yeah. an uphill, like it's like a Sisyphus thing. And like, I'm not going <laughs> to like leave having changed any hearts or minds, but I just want to like run up that hill. You want that experience? I just want that experience of being like, just okay, but like it's- wildness. But it is round and here's how you can tell. <laughs> but it is round. And here's how you um, can tell. And they're like, no, how dare you? Well, I mean, well, here's the thing, right? Is that especially with the moon landing, but I guess, I think all conspiracies, the more you look into it, the more it kind of starts to make sense. Yeah. But then also like, no, surely not. But then also like, well, maybe though. Okay, but like moon. So moon. So moon. So the moon landing conspiracy, let's just like, we're bringing it right, we're stripping it right down. The moon landing conspiracy is the claim that some or all elements of the Apollo program and the associated moon landings were hoaxes staged by NASA. Naturally. And or others. That is, in a little nutshell, what the moon landing conspiracy is. This is one of the most one of the most popular conspiracies in the world. 
apparently, <laughs> this is embarrassing for me. Apparently, twenty five percent of Brits believe that it was faked. Hell yeah! See that to me though, that <laughs> makes a ton of sense because like. I like to imagine, like, the sort of, you know, changing, like, kind of cultural, like, energies, I guess, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's the American Revolution, and that's really embarrassing for you. And then we're America. <laughs> and then it's the 19th century, and, like, we're doing what we do. And then mm-hmm. you guys are an empire, which is like, okay, so we, like, lost America, but we're, like, still an empire. And we're, like, fucking crushing it. Then it's the 20th century. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, like... We're on the moon. We're making mm-hmm. jazz. We have yeah. we have movies that you want to... And we're like, oh, blimey, we only just got started getting our teeth fixed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you guys... Well, you said it, not me. And then you guys are, like, losing, like, <laughs> colony after colony after colony. And then, like, oh. you're not even, like, in the running for the space race. Like, you're not even no, in the race. No, we're not even trying. You're not even trying in the race. Not so, even trying. So, therefore, imagine being England... And just sure. going through World War Two, and then being passed by by Russia. Yeah. Like, that's going to not I mean, feel great. That's going to not feel great. I'm so glad you brought up Russia. 28% of Russians believe that the moon landings were fake. Honestly, I would have thought it would be higher, to be yeah. totally honest. And I don't know how this is such a wide gap, but somewhere between 6 and 20% of Americans believe that it was fake. Uh... I feel like it's difficult to poll Americans on stuff. Yeah. I feel like at this point, we're probably closer to 20 (laughs) because it's hardly the wildest conspiracy theory out there right now. Right. Well, it's like, you know, we're a country that's divided on almost every major issue. So I feel like you, similar to like when I phone banked for the election and I would call people and I'd be like, hey, do you know who you're going to support in the upcoming presidential election and they'd be like let me tell you something it was never related to the presidential election <laughs> no so. not at all so if like let's say on average around 20 percent of americans british and russians believe that the moon landings were fake if they're right it is the most elaborate hoax of human history let me set the uh context let me set the tone set it we're talking Cold War. Freezer. Uh, historians do not fully agree on the dates, but the period is kind of considered to be 1947 to 1991. Although you could argue that it's still happening. <laughs> you better say, I don't, I don't feel like our relation with Russia is like entirely great. No. no. But in 1991, they dissolved the Soviet Union. And so then I think someone's just like, now we surely we just had, can we call it? That's the Cold War. And then we'll, whatever happens next, we'll just call it something different. <laughs> It's a Cold War because there was no large-scale fighting directly between the two superpowers, but there was it was a race to be the most globally influential after they allied against Nazi Germany in 1945. So it was like the ideological and geopolitical struggle for global influence, which was like tense as hail because I think everyone was everyone was so terrified of there being nuclear war that um, all the time that the country lived in total fear but a big part of this conflict was the space race both countries wanted to lead the world in space exploration partly because it's cool but mostly because of fear i didn't know this but the reason really that usa got so heavily involved in the space race was because they were terrified that the soviets would rain would figure out how to rain down nuclear weapons from orbit that's why they were like we have to figure out this space thing first nothing to do with discovery or exploration it was like if Russia figures this out, then they could do some real bad stuff, which, of course, now pretty much every country can do. <laughs> yeah. At first, the Soviet Union was decidedly winning this race. In 1957, they launched Sputnik, which was the first ever satellite. And the feeling in the USA was one of national terror because they've done it, right? They've managed to hoist something into orbit. And now it's up there watching everyone and surveilling America and it can send deadly rockets to come and kill everyone instantly. Yeah, they um, see you, they so, know where you are. Yeah, so they're panicking. And then April 12th, 1961, Yuri Gagarin became the first man in space. One of the most unforgettable of our century. The point of departure for man seeking to reach space. And this man, Yuri Gagarin, major in the Soviet Air Force, is the first to cross the frontier he was Russian. into the unknown Also, space. maybe he was in fact not the first man in space. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Well, actually, no, we can talk about it now. So basically... Yeah, like, actually, let's talk about it right now. Actually, let's just talk about it right now. So it was found out fairly recently after, like, a bunch of documents got um, released from time. I don't know. That sure. actually Russia had had, like, three-plus failed 
attempts to send someone into space. Uh, and there was like a load of videos that came out of people who was like basically just floating floating off into space. They couldn't get them back. Yeah. And they kept it secret from everyone. Oh, that's that's another thing I like to watch Horrible. on YouTube to like upset myself. And I mean, I don't know how sure. many of them are real. Like they're definitely of like very dubious authenticity. But you can find all these videos of the story that's being propelled, and again, this feels like maybe it's a conspiracy movie. We're going to talk about it because I, I can't find like a lot of like hard and fast evidence of it um, outside of like YouTube descriptions. But they're like, yeah, you know, like rush, like the Russian space cosmonauts in their haste to be able to beat the U.S. in the space race. They were just like they were way more experimental than we were. And they were just mm-hmm. sending people up with like no regard to what would happen to them and that you can like listen oh, to yeah. audio logs of people like <laughs> yes that's what i'm talking about okay yeah, yeah but, or, or some people being like hey um am i going to be able to come back and then they just cut signal and they're just like horrific <laughs> Yeah, that's very scary. Very nasty. I don't like so, space. I'll say it. No, space is horrid and it shouldn't. It's really bad. So the USSR is winning this race very much so. Um, and JFK, Kennedy, felt great pressure to have the United States sort of catch up and overtake the Soviet Union. And then, so this was April 12th, 1961, like five days later, the Bay of Pigs fiasco happened. Yeah. And then that was like like just unquantifiable pressure uh, on him. So he wanted to announce a program that, that the US could do that had a strong chance of achieving before the Soviet Union. We all know this famous speech. Choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. But let's check in with NASA. (laughs) Because (laughs) NASA's space program is not going well. Sure. NASA still had not achieved orbit, and they'd racked up more than 20 failed attempts. But while their rocket science was really, really, really bad, their PR department was really, really, really good. (laughs) Hey, it's all that matters. A big part of NASA's budget went to media spin. Um, <laughs> they essentially, like, American astronauts were, like, basically America's Avengers. They were so beloved, like, on Serial and all that kind of shit. Like, these are the guys that are gonna do it for the USA! Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, they're all, like, handsome Aryan blokes. It's very strange. Um, <laughs> but... 1967, okay, which is five years after Yuri Gagarin became the first man in space. Or did he? NASA is still, like, not even close. Not even close. 1967, the rocketry, they say, had improved, but, like, guidance, launching two vessels, docking, landing, and then getting back into space after you've landed. They couldn't do any of that in 1967. Yet, on the 20th of July, 1969, just two years later... 600 million people watched live as American astronauts landed on the moon and America officially won the space race. I'm going to step off the limb. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Oh, that looks beautiful, Samuel. That's one small step for man. I want one giant leap yeah, for mankind. Yeah, with mankind. a waving flag. But I'm sure mm. we're going to get there. We will get there. (laughs) Let's take a deeper look. It took 400,000 NASA employees and contractors to put Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the moon in 1969, but only one man to spread the idea that it was all a hoax. And his name was Bill Casing. He says that it began as a hunch or like an intuition before it turned into a true conviction that the US lacked the technical prowess to make it to the moon or at least to the moon and back again. He actually had worked on the program albeit kind of 
tenuously. Between 1956 and 1963, he was an employee of Rocketdyne, <laughs> which was a company that helped design the Saturn V rocket engine. So he was like, he didn't know nothing about rockets and stuff. He knew some things. Uh-huh. And then in 1976, he self-published a pamphlet called We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 Billion Swindle. And this was where all the theories really started and the pulling apart of the video footage and the photographs. And it instantly sort of took off and went into popular culture. In the James Bond movie, Diamonds Are Forever, which was released in 71, two years after the moon landing, there was a sly joke which saw Bond stealing a moon buggy to make his escape from like the set of where they filmed the moon landings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then since then, there have been sort of two more notable followers of this idea who have continued to theorize. And their names are Bart Sabrell and Marcus Allen. They were both in this documentary that I watched. This uh, you might, Yes. <laughs> um, Bart Sabrell uh, was the guy in that YouTube video that went viral that Buzz Aldrin punched. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, yeah, but he's like, like bothering him outside of some sort of event where Buzz Aldrin was. And um, he was like, you're a coward. Why would you lie to the American people? And Buzz Aldrin just decks him. <laughs> oh my God. And it's kind of amazing. But Bart Sabrell bases a lot of his moon landing conspiracy theory on Apollo 1. So obviously Apollo 1 was the first crewed mission of the Apollo program. And it was like the, the undertaking to land the first man on the moon. It was the first go. It was planned to launch on the 21st of February, 1967, as the, the first low Earth orbital test of the whole Apollo operation. And the lead astronaut was this guy called Gus Grissom. And as we talked about the astronauts being Avengers, this guy is like Iron Man. He's the poster boy for American astronauts. And he's going through this NASA program. They're trying, you know, they're trying to build rockets and figure out how they're going to do that. And he were, had some pretty large opinions about how that program was going. They were, you know, the date was set and NASA and with this big PR team is pumping out a load of press about it. But Grissom basically thought that the program was being rushed and was super unsafe. The that like safety measures were being skipped. There are things that didn't work properly that weren't really getting fixed. Um, he basically was just like kind of saw the whole thing from a distance a little bit and was like, we're just trying to beat Russia. We're not being safe. Like this isn't going to be good. And <laughs> so to, to like try and get the word out to the American people, he publicized a photo where he hung a lemon on the simu- on this, like one of the simulator modules as if to say like, this is a lemon. It doesn't work. Uh huh. And then he and his crew took a photo of themselves praying over the Apollo one model, like kind of just taking the piss or like trying to, Maybe trying to tell people that this isn't <laughs> this isn't going so good. This is something in need of our prayers. God, yes. Political or like social dissent was so highbrow then. Like, can you imagine? I know, I know. <laughs> so, so they're there. I hung saying, a lemon, and I hope it hurts his feelings. Yeah, that's right. It's a lemon. <laughs> Apollo one never flew because. A cabin fire during a launch rehearsal test at Cape Kennedy Air Force Station. A spark ignited the concentrated oxygen, and on January 27th, all like Gus and his crew were instantly incinerated. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So they died very much. And Bart Sabrell thinks that NASA purposefully burned them alive because they were speaking out against the mission. Interesting. Yeah. And then in 1967, after that event, the whole space program was suspended. And so here's where the conspiracy theory kind of, re- I mean, other than that, here's where it really gets going is that like, okay, we're reaching the nearly the end of the decade and it's just not happening, but America has to win this thing. So at a military base or a Hollywood studio or Area 51, if you want to layer these conspiracies on top of each other, um, as the conspiracy goes, the moon landings were filmed in a 360 degree panoramic studio where they could show the world live Americans successfully making the quarter of a million miles to the moon and back. Some people believe that the entire thing was faked, but I think like, you know, the leading theory is that the launch was real, but they just orbited the earth and came back down. And like, as soon as the launch was done, it cut to a studio. Very impossible. Who do we get to do this? 
obviously none other than Stanley Kubrick, the director of the 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, he's already really good at it. He's already really good at space. Most of his movie takes place on the surface of the moon. Hello. When astronauts discover like a monolith and it holds the key to like mankind's evolution. But the idea is that he was working on this movie (laughs) and I guess someone was like, wow, damn, that is a realistic moon. You know who wants to know about this? NASA. So NASA then contacts Kubrick and was like, hey, will you fake the landings for us? Uh, Because you have this great knowledge and understanding of front projection techniques and all the things that we're going to need to make it seem believable. And then, okay, so this is great. So people think that the reason that a lot of people think that Stanley Kubrick was involved, other than the whole back projection that was similar to the Space Odyssey, was because he left a bunch of messages in The Shining Oh. About how he faked the moon landings. Okay, so you know, this is a thing that I have heard referenced. Like, just people yeah. mentioned basically exactly the sentence that you just said. I'm like, oh, right. you know how like there's all these things in The Shining. I don't know what they are, so I'm very excited to hear about this. Mamba? I swear to God. Okay, so well, firstly, in the, in the movie, Danny Torrance is uh, seen wearing a knitted jumper with Apollo 11 on its front. And then in the scene where Danny first encounters room 237, he's seen playing on carpet that is apparently uh, to resemble an aerial photograph of the launch pad of Apollo 11. That one seems tenuous to me. When Danny picks up the tennis ball, which is supposed to represent the hoax itself, he then enters room 237 and comes out of it attacked and bruised. (gasps) What? And then later in the climax of the movie, Jack Torrance screams and raves about the responsibility that's been placed on him and that he has signed a contract to maintain the hotel and that he's responsible for holding its secrets. So it's like Kubrick trying to confess his role in the moon landing. Uh, but he's an NDA. Y- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like probably like the most NDA you could ever NDA. Yeah, like a government NDA. <laughs> A big government one. Apparently, people think that the United States government paid Stanley Kubrick to fake the moon landing because of an uncorroborated interview with Kubrick. When And let me read you the quotes, okay? So Kubrick says, I perpetrated a huge fraud on the American public, which I am now about to detail, involving the United States government and NASA, that the moon landings were faked, and that the moon landings all were faked, and I was the person who filmed it. And someone says, okay, what are you talking... You're serious. I'm serious, dead serious. Yes, it was fake. Why are you telling the world? Why does the world need to know that the moon landings aren't real and that you faked them? I consider them to be my masterpiece. (laughs) I mean, again, that is compelling because I feel like if you were Stanley Kubrick and the way that he was, Uh and you faked the fucking moon landings, but then no one could ever know and you could never get credit for it, I think that would just eat you up inside. And then you're like, you know what? I have to make a Stephen King book into a movie and thread my narrative through it yeah i gotta be secret about it and like so clever so that only the coolest smartest most interesting people in the future can figure it out i mean kubrick's widow says that the whole thing was bullshit and made up oh probably i mean yes (laughs) (laughs) in fact yes this is how you know this is sort of like the quote-unquote evidence that backs up this Theory. And feel free to like kind of, if you can, Google the things that I'm talking about. So if you wanted to get like some imagery, because it is interesting. Yes. So, okay, go on. Most of all this, like most of the conspiracy theory, quote unquote, evidence comes from picking apart the photos and the video that showed the moon landings. Things like in one of the photos, there are no stars in the sky. They say that NASA chose to not put stars into the photos because astronomers would be able to use them to determine whether the photos were taken from the Earth or the Moon by identifying and comparing their celestial positions. So, I mean, that is true. I don't know if that's the reason <laughs> there are no stars. So they wiped the stars from the photos. The photos contain artifacts like two seemingly matching letter C's on a rock and on the ground. <laughs> so like, they think that that proves they're sort of studio props. The direction of the light sometimes makes it look like uh, there is more than one, like there's more than one shadow. So they're using studio lights. And the camera that they took to the moon was completely manual. There was no, no viewfinder. You had to set the exposure and aperture and everything yourself. And they say it would be impossible to do that with like, you know, in big old freaking spacesuits. Right. Where, yeah, like you said earlier, when they put the flag in the moon, it's waving, 
even though how can there be wind because we're in a vacuum right that's the one that and has always really given me pause. Like, the stars thing kind of makes sense to me because, like, most images of space from space don't have stars. And I always assumed it right. was something about, like, exposure or something like that. Like, that if you're... Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. But if you're trying to make... Well, I'm just thinking about, like, um, if you are, like, taking a Polaroid or whatever and you're trying to focus on whatever the lightest, closest thing is, then everything yeah. else becomes black. And so... Yeah. It's the, it's the flag waving for me. So the flag waving is theoretically explained by the physics of what happens in a vacuum. So NASA, in order to make it like stand sort of straight out, they uh-huh. like put wire across the top of it or like wood or something like it's got, it's more, it's more of like on a big kind of 90 degree frame than just like a flag on, on a pole. Uh-huh. So it's sort of, it's hanging from that. And when they screw it into the ground or however they do it, it's, the motion of moving the flag in a vacuum apparently still makes it move. <laughs> the, but the flag gets a lot of people. Um, Bad. I don't like that one. I still, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Right. It still ripples. Yeah, it, I mean, it does seem to ripple. You are right. There's also the Van Allen belts of radiation. Two belts of intense radiation partly surround the Earth at heights of several thousand kilometers and these belts are the result of earth's magnetic field working like a big magnet trap and they confine particles that are mostly like solar wind and they sort of like accelerate them on an orbit to like nearly the speed of light i don't know how any of that shit works because space (laughs) is scary and confusing but apparently there are these two big bad radiation belts around the earth that would like you know chernobyl a person if they were yeah. to, if they were to go through it i would think you would think right and that features in uh martin noakes's song the deadly radiation would have guaranteed their doom i mean if you go onto the wikipedia page of the moon landing conspiracies there are so many and it goes on for so long the thing that i found that i wanted to focus on that i think is <laughs> extremely interesting is that an eight-year-old girl interviewed Buzz Aldrin and asked him the question, why has nobody been to the moon in such a long time? And this is what Buzz Aldrin says. Why has nobody been to the moon in such a long time? (laughs) That's not an eight-year-old's question. (laughs) That's my question. I want to know, but I think I know. Because we didn't go there, and and that's the way it happened. And and if it didn't happen, it's nice to know why it didn't happen. So in the future, if we want to keep doing something, we need to know why something stopped in the past that we wanted to keep it going. Money is a good thing. If you want to buy new things, new rockets, instead of keep doing the same thing over, um, then it's going to cost more money. And other things need more money too. So having achieved what the president wanted us to do, and then what thousands, millions of people in America, and millions of people around the world, You know, when we toured around the world after we came back, the most fascinating observation was signs that said, we did it. That's not an eight-year-old's question. That's my question. I want to know. But I think I know because we didn't go there. And that's the way it happened. And if it didn't happen, it's nice to know why it didn't happen. So in the future, if we want to keep doing something, we need to know why something stopped in the past if we want to keep it going. It's a complicated answer. (laughs) Yeah. People have used this interview to sort of like basically try and say that Buzz Aldrin accidentally slipped and was like, oh, no, I said that we didn't go to the moon. And now I have to like ramble and figure out how to make people still believe that we did because like all the secret. (laughs) Uh, no i don't buy that no uh it's 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 clearly just like he misspeaks but i guess if you're like deep in this thing him literally saying because we didn't go there 
is like well like, we we didn't build we didn't build on that like space program right like right and to me like this is like the single this is the thing that i believe no matter whether or not the moon landing is real or fake which i mean it, you know all jokes aside it's probably real but yeah the thing that like <laughs> the thing that you know i get hung up on is or the thing that i think is so fascinating and like enduring about the moon race is that it really was just like a time in which like all of our attention and then also like all of our resources were going towards this achievement that was just for mm-hmm. achievement's sake. Like as is, has been evidence, whether it was real or not, we had like no real intention or desire to like establish a moon colony, which I think a lot of, you know, speculative fiction writers thought was going to be the next step. Or right. like use the moon to then like launch to Mars or to wherever the next place was or like start any kind of like space extended ongoing space program really we just wanted to get to the moon so that we could say that we went to the moon first and then we were done so and i guess for like in some ways that is what i think makes it more easy to believe than some other conspiracy theories for example like i don't believe that 9-11 was an inside job uh, mm-hmm. I think that probably there was some incompetence in, like, the part of the government that made it maybe worse than it needed to be. But also, like, a lot of that's hindsight 2020. Who's to say what could or could not have Is happened? <laughs> right. But, like, truly believing that, like, Bush did 9-11 requires such a cognitive detour, right, from what we were trying to do. Like, we're generally trying to keep America safe, and keep American citizens safe on American soil, mm-hmm. both because it's the right thing to do, but also it's what looks best for the country. So right. um, <laughs> believing that we ourselves would bomb ourselves, essentially, is such a detour right. from like the understood reality that that's what makes it difficult to buy into. And then obviously there's no supporting evidence. With the moon landing, what we wanted to happen is the thing that feels like a conspiracy and what actually happened, which is like you said, like, yeah, it wasn't working for a long time, but then it worked and we got it. And then we just like never talked about it again. And we never like did anything with it again. Yeah. It can feel like as much of a detour between those two options. Right. Right. Exactly. Because we had a lot to gain from getting to the moon either way. <laughs> By hook or by crook, we had a lot to gain. Oh, by crook, and they were gonna do it. Yeah. Dude, I highly suggest just like scanning down the Wikipedia page of how many freaking conspiracy theories, different different ones that there are, and different parts of the photos that they used to be like, well, hang on, this crosshairs looks like it's behind an item. So that means the item was like pasted over the top of it. So that means that this photo isn't real. So of the ones that I mentioned, here uh-huh. are like the kind of explanations of why those things are so. Well, first off, in terms of like, the, if this is true or not, there are over 400,000 people involved in the space program, and that is a lot of people to keep quiet. Well, not every person needed to know. But well, that's on. what Bart Sabrell says, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it was just like a, only a few people knew that when the footage cut to the studio, like all the NASA scientists were like, yeah, this is our rocket. Yeah, we did it. So yeah, so then I've ex- kind of explained the flag, like that's how things work in a vacuum is that it, it won't stop moving because momentum works differently in a vacuum. Um, and then the gravity of the moon is much less, so it would have taken, it, do- it does look very eerie and otherworldy, but like that's kind of because it is. Because <laughs> it's on another <laughs> like, world. Because we're on another rock. Yeah, like not our usual one. The argument about the camera is that like figuring out how to use that camera was like part of the training. And also there are so many really bad photos that they took that prove that like kind of like the most famous ones that you that we see were just like the best three photos. There are like over I don't know actually I know how many there are, but there are loads of photos and some of them are just like badly exposed or you can't see anything or they're just like burned out. We only see the amazing photos. And then you write about the stars like that's <laughs> that's how cameras work, buddy. Uh- yeah, that one. I yeah, I do. It's not compelling Lady, this is woods. <laughs> yeah. Lady, this is woods. So, yeah. So stars are rarely seen in 
space in the space shuttle um, observation photos or even photos taken at sporting events held at night because the light from the sun in outer space in the Earth-Moon system is at least as bright as the sunlight that reaches the Earth's surface on a clear day. So cameras used for imaging subjects illuminated by sunlight are set for daylight exposure. Like, you know, there's if you take a picture of, like you try and take a picture of the moon and it comes out shit. <laughs> it's because like we don't have the right exposure to be able to see all the stars and the moon and like the cameras aren't that good. Right. If you, have those, if you have those special cameras that like a university's entire budget goes to. Right, exactly. Right. It's like expensive and bad. Right. Um, <laughs> the angle and color of shadows are the whole like what well, must be studio lighting, artificial lighting. Uh-huh. They say that they, the scientists, they, science, says that shadows on the moon are complicated by reflective light, uneven ground, wide angle lens distortion and lunar dust. So, and because there are actual several light sources, because you've got the sun and then you've got the sunlight that's reflected from the earth. And then you've got sunlight reflected from the moon's surface. And then you've got sunlight reflected from the astronauts and the module itself. So yeah, like there are, there is more than one shadow because there is more than one light source because space. And then apparently the Mythbusters proved that the shadows were not a thing. So good for them. <laughs> um, you can always count on Mythbusters. You can. Or you could from the years like 2003 to like 2012 or something. Apparently that matching the seas on a rock and on the ground was more likely to be printing imperfections because if you, the original film from the camera doesn't have them. Yeah. I mean, the sea rock was always like, whoa. And then I read that and I was like, oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's just an error in the print that people saw. I'm like, whoa, what? A Excuse sea rock? Me? That's yeah. insane. Conspiracy. Uh... Conspiracy. And then like, oh, again, yeah, this one's really funny. People are like, well, when he says one small step for man, and he jumped on the moon. Isn't there someone filming him? So hasn't someone already been on the moon? Like, think about it. Checkmate. Um, there was a camera on the side of the ship. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much what that one. That also, like, to me, is not compelling evidence because I'm like, yeah, like, if you were going to be able to figure out how to get people to the moon and you wanted and it was, like, imperative to, like, rub it in Russia's face, right? I think that you right. would have the foresight to, to set up a camera to capture it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, otherwise, um, how are you going to get, how are you going to make Russia sad? Imagine if you hadn't figured that out until you've landed and you're like, oh, guys, we didn't even, uh, we didn't bring a camera. Shit. Turn it around. So the radiation belt is pretty interesting. Yeah, okay. Let's break this down. Let's break those guys down. Okay. First recommendations for dealing with the Van Allen belts on a possible mission to the moon came in the summer of 1960. So this is before the, we chose to go to the moon. This is before they were like, definitely going there. Yeah. Apparently they had a NASA space task group meeting. Fun. (laughs) (laughs) And scientists suggested that a moderate amount of protection could shield a crew from the outer Van Allen belt particles. And then in 1962, Van Allen himself, believing that who obviously he was the bloke that must have discovered these belts and be like, I'm going to name them after me. He (laughs) believed, believing that protons of the inner belt could seriously threaten human spaceflight missions. He suggested that we could clear them away by setting off a nuclear bomb near the outer belt. And then the part, like the harmful radiation particles would then have extra energy needed to escape the magnetic field of the earth, which is just like, what? This sounds like the plot of a Will, not Will Smith, maybe Will Smith, but definitely Bruce Perhaps. Willis movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> definitely Bruce Willis, maybe, maybe Will if he's free. Maybe Will Smith. I'm not saying that he would definitely sign on to that like, project. But- still give him a ring a ding. Like, let's just check if he's down. Yeah, like, get um, with his people for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But Bruce is already attached. Yes. <laughs> and let when, his people know that. When NASA commenced its lunar spaceflight program, the old Apollo missions and that. It, scientists already knew about the belts and their spatial and energy distribution, sure. Um, just so to like try and break that down to as much as I like my brain could handle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Electrons below one MeV, which is, I guess, a way that you measure them, sure, were unlikely to be dangerous. For example, uh, as were protons below 10 MeV. For example, a proton with an energy of three could penetrate about six millimeters of aluminium. Sure. Which is six like millimeters? What, half an inch. Yeah, like six oh, millimeters. Okay, so nothing. Yeah, so like nothing. Teeny, teeny, tiny. Yeah. Whereas one of 100 MeV could penetrate up to 40 millimeters. So still somewhere between three and 10, not so bad, right? You're going to think that your spaceship's thicker than that. 
Uh-huh. So, so engineers fashioned shielding that consisted of the spacecraft hull and the instrumentation lining the walls. They're like, okay, we're fine. And apparently, when they flew the rockets, they just they managed to like find an area in the belt that had lighter radiation and go through that. I don't know how that works, like at all. Okay, but, that's a little sus. Oh, there was a bit that wasn't as bad, and yeah, so that's where we went. And we found it with our calculators. <laughs> yeah. With our calculator computers. Yeah, no, that's sus as fuck. <laughs> yeah, with the computers, that's an entire room. Yeah. Apparently, when they got back, the Apollo 11 crew had received 0.18 REMs, which is re... What? Rowan okay, now you're making shit I mean, okay, here we go. So to compare <laughs> it... One CT scan delivers about one REM. I guess that's like the radi- like a num- the, the amount of radiation in your body. I see. Okay. So like to kill an adult human, you'd have to deliver 300 REM or more in a very short space of time. Mm-hmm. And like 50 delivered at once will give you radiation sickness. That will give you a bit of a Chernobyl. But so we were talking 0.18. Teensy tiny. Itsy beatsy. Itsy beatsy. Another <laughs> one that people say is that how are the footprints so well preserved despite the lack of moisture which is like when what how often are you checking up on these footprints bro is there like live moon footprint webcam you tell me no there isn't (laughs) (laughs) basically like the scientists are like the moon doesn't have weather like what do you want from us there's no weather (laughs) so the dust particles stick together and then they stay there because it's a vacuum there's no weather Right. Like, I think at this point, the scientists are getting just really annoyed. Right. Imagine you had to, like, innovate, like, be a scientific pioneer, and you also had to make it look a certain way for the media. Mm -hmm. Like, that'd be very fucking frustrating. See, here's the thing that I couldn't find that I want to know is how did, how do they be filming Live Moon? You know? Yeah, that seems sus as well. Also such as. How do they be filming it? How does this work? How do they broadcast from the moon? Yeah. Okay, let's find out. Real time. How NASA broadcasts Neil Armstrong live from the moon. And they say... A lot of information has to pass between a spacecraft and supporting ground crews on any mission. And I'm like, yes, that is the concern. They needed a new way to uplink and downlink more data. Yes, that is the concern. They used a 1.25 megahertz FM subcarrier, which just sounds like radio. Can you send television via radio? Okay, so I guess what I'm what I'm learning is that uh, I don't know enough about this to understand the answer, which means that it could be fake. And I just wouldn't know, Uh, but it's probably real, which is that they say, I'm just going to read this like short paragraph to free up space for a television downlink from the lunar module. So from moon to planet, uh, NASA removed the ranging code and changed the modulation from phase to frequency. This Mm. freed up 700 kilohertz of bandwidth for a television downlink on the USB signal. The problem was that this wasn't enough bandwidth for the standard video camera of the day. So instead, NASA would need a slow scan camera optimized for smaller format. So basically, they made a smaller, simpler camera. Right. That would be able to create data that was small enough to use the link that they used is what I'm getting from this. Okay. And I'm seeing that it's it went out to a satellite in California and then obviously Houston, but also... A satellite in New South Wales and Canberra in Australia? Why? Because it's sus. So you couldn't track them because it's sus. It's not real. The most compelling evidence to me is that we brought back a bunch of the moon. Uh Uh-huh. We brought back moon rocks collected across six different missions and they've been studying them and stuff. And not only that, but like corroboration from Russia, Japan, and China. I'm sure if Russia had any whiff that the moon landings were faked, like they would have found out they would make it known right probably if they could even make a reasonable argument you know what i mean right then last there's the nasa lunar reconnaissance orbiter which shows the tracks made by the astronauts in the moon dust but you know still the belief in the moon hoax conspiracy has absolutely blossomed since 1969 and among 9-11 truthers anti-vaxxers chemtrailers flat earthers holocaust deniers and sandy hook conspiracists the idea that the moon landings were faked isn't even a source of anger it's just a given fact (laughs) they're not even mad anymore they're just like it's definitely faked and now we just all have to learn how to deal with it and get over it you're not gonna trick me with the movie first man (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't really even want to be associated with um, you know, obviously like anti vaxxers or like Sandy Hook conspiracy people who I find like abhorrent. But I do think yeah. it's funny that like yeah, I feel like that kind of touches on something, right? Is like if you're someone who thinks that <laughs> if you the Democratic think. Party um uses cheese pizza as a code to like buy children and drink their blood, that's something to be like legitimately upset about, right? If you yeah. believe that. Everybody's space daddy, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh-huh. said that rather than having 400,000 people cover up the faked moon landings, like it would have been easier to just go to the moon. <laughs> that's a fair point. I was just going to say that it's just like, yeah, it's not something that's even worth getting that mad about. It's just like, oh, you cheated. Anyway. <laughs> not cool. Anyway, should we get hot dogs? It's like a gentler, consp- it's a conspiracy theory from a gentler time because our conspiracy theories now are ripping this country apart. <laughs> It's true. It's a it's a much cuter conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's like precious. I do feel better about what I always thought was the most compelling part of evidence, which was the flag. So I will say again, still like I just think I to me it's like much more kind of like high level contextual. It's like I said, like we had so much to gain. We had only to gain from going to the moon and there was Mm -hmm. like an air of desperation i think also the fact that like both jfk and his brother had been assassinated in the years leading up to the moon landing and that that was like his big like you know moonshot like moonshot is still a phrase we use today for a reason yeah and then also compiled with and i i get what people are saying when they say you know conspiracies require so many people to keep secrets um however I would point out that there was a lot of really fucked up shit that the FBI and the CIA did. I mean, they still to this day, but like especially in the 70s and 80s, like taking oh, yeah. over entire countries. And we only mm-hmm. found out about it because it was later declassified. So they were able to keep that secret. And therefore right. it's not as difficult for me to imagine that like, again, not 400,000, but like a handful of scientists were able to keep one secret. But counterpoint yeah. is, at the counterpoint I think to most conspiracy theories, right? is that there have been as many people as there are who are like dedicated to this idea, like promoting the idea of the moon landing being faked. There are probably 10 times as many who are dedicated to proving that it did happen. And I think at this point, if there really were like a smoking gun, it it would have come out and all we still have is conjecture, which to me at this point is the best evidence that it wasn't faked. Right. But still, wouldn't it be? (laughs) But still, what if it was? I guess what I want people to take away from this is that, like, whether you believe the moon landing was or was not faked, you shouldn't trust the government. (laughs) Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. That's really, like, my final thoughts about it. I love that. I also (laughs) think that, like, the only reason that conspiracy has been able to sort of perpetuate is because no one's ever gone back because no one's had a reason to because like if people were still going to the moon all the time then it would be like duh like of course why would why yeah yeah we can't actually do it actually yeah but it's because no one's really gone back that people are like wait so why is that can we actually do we like do we actually know how to go (laughs) because so here's thing funny so apollo 13 was a movie that i saw as a child and then again in high school because my high school didn't put a lot of emphasis on math or science. So we watched it in science class. Um, and I didn't learn until I was in high school that that was a real thing that had actually happened. That like that's a movie about a real event and not like mm-hmm. a fictional movie about going to space. Um, yeah. Apollo 13 was in 1970. They were supposed to go to the moon, but it quote unquote didn't work and tom hanks had to save everybody and so i'm just saying like they tried to go back and it never worked again and i think that's a little sus that is a little sus and they could just pop to the moon and put this whole thing to bed and also like bart sabrell the guy that they got decked uh, by buzz aldrin says that like if I was an astronaut who had gone to the moon and this bloke came up to me and was like, you didn't go, I don't believe you. Then my response would just be more of like bemusement or like, of course I did, rather than like, they all get really angry when <laughs> in, in all his little videos. But I was like, because you're like directly harassing them. <laughs> like, <laughs> Case closed, buckaroo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. There was a mission in 1972, Apollo 17, where they went to the moon. 1972. 
1972, and that that was the most recent time people have gone to the moon. So it actually kind of sounds like... I mean, that's only three years after the first fake. Yeah, what I'm saying is like, and there's pictures of this guy on the moon too. So what I, I guess what I'm saying is like, actually, and this feels very American, it seems like there were multiple trips to the moon, but we don't care about any of the subsequent ones, so we don't know anything Correct. about them. No one gives a shit about the sequels. Yeah, no one cares about Apollo 17. <laughs> In the in the sort of spirit of our regular episodes, would you like to? I mean, we've kind of done, we've kind of gone on this journey together, and maybe we should score the conspiracy theory rather yes. than each other. Yes, excellent, great, perfection. Um, Personally, it's my fave because it really doesn't. Apart from to like you know some old astronaut's pride, it doesn't really at this point do any harm. Yeah, it harkens <laughs> back to a general a gentle time. It does. It's yeah. It's quite sort of nostalgic for when exactly like a lemon could be an insult. I just, I just enjoy it. I enjoy that people have like really clung on to this. That it still happens even like fifty years after this event. People are still like, nah. <laughs> I also like it because it is. It does feel like, like you said, like hold on, I'm re, I'm rearranging this in real time because I'm remembering now that you said that like up to a quarter of Brits think that we didn't go to the moon, which is yeah. just, like yep, 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 yep. will never not be funny to me. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's very good. Also, I think, but like part of that, I wonder, is like British trolling because in my experience, Americans do get so mad. <laughs> when you tell them that the moon was was like, this is my American pride and we did go to the moon and that's just always fun you know rock flag and eagle yeah yeah exactly exactly you. you put exactly. it better than I could have and so I'm gonna give this conspiracy um a solid eight for its gentleness uh two for nostalgia and three for upsetting Americans that's very fair. And that math can be done by someone. Not me, but somebody. I did. Wait, we can actually add it up. We're gonna remember we said that we were gonna add it up. It's it's did it's we? 13. Okay. Yes. We said that the points have to mean something, and that the at the winner of season two gets to design the other t- other oh, one's that's tattoo. True. Do you want to take them through that? Oh yeah. So we realized that like not only did the points not matter, but they had become something of uh, sort of ins- inconsequential, and we liked that aspect of the podcast. And so we're in- we reinvigorating it. Consequential. <laughs> we want them to be consequential, and we are upping the stakes. That basically we're playing, you know, team wildcard, team host. We are allowed to sometimes nominate someone to uh, come in and present a topic on our behalf. Yeah, so let's say Miles comes it. on. He would be playing for team host. We'll see. Um, Go on. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, At the end of the season, which I think now is seems to be forty nine episodes. Whoever is in the lead, whoever wins, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Whoever wins gets to design a tattoo for the other one. (laughs) So takes a little high, but like, don't be mean. Okay. No. This is not a mean podcast. It's not a mean podcast. It's a cute podcast. It's a sweet podcast. Um, Do these points from this episode go to like Team Moon? No, I think that this episode is like we really get going next week. Okay, see, so this is just like a little like a little fun aside. This is a fun aside, and I'm gonna keep track on a small whiteboard on my desk. Okay, (laughs) perfect. Every week we will know what the score is on the door. If Perfection, you sh- if Patricia. You, if you will. Perfection, Patricia. Thank you and good night. Well, okay. Well, it's, hold on. First of all, no, I know. I, I meant I meant to the end of my sentence, not to the oh, show. Okay. <laughs> so since these points are just for like a, like a sort of like um, a tutorial team moon that's not going to come back in and it's not going to get a tattoo. Correct. I'm correct. Gonna give it. I'm going to give this conspiracy theory one for the money, two for the <gasps> show. And then like 3,000 more points because it is my favorite conspiracy theory. Hooray and hurrah. And hurrah. Um, And that's 3,003 and you can take that to the bank. I want to take this opportunity of this first episode of the new season. I want to introduce a new segment. It's not going to be an all the time segment, but just like an every once in a while segment. It stems from a joke that we came up with when I went to the mountains to escape my family for Christmas. Um, okay. And we met all these really bad cats that lived up on the mountain and they were just so <laughs> bad. And so okay. we started a game called Kiss or Hiss. 
which is just like, do you love it or would you hiss at it? Like, is it okay? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Like, kiss or yeah. hiss? Oh, I- Okay. So I'm going to say something to you, Ellie, about like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just like say a topic that's like in the news right now. And I want you to tell me for you, is it kiss or is it hiss? Okay. Can do. Army Hammer is a cannibal. That's a kiss. That's a kiss? Okay. I do need to like, what's the opposite of preface? Uh, contextualize. Thank you. No, but you I don't will not know be what doing you're that. Moving about. on. Number two, <laughs> Donald Trump being... <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Donald Trump getting banned from like every major social media platform kiss or hiss kiss I love that he's banned from like Pandora <laughs> he will not that be is making any smart playlists so, that's so embarrassing <laughs> um, yeah that's a kiss that's a kiss okay daddy Biden potentially canceling the uh, Keystone pipeline with just like one stroke of his pen when he gets into office this week Love that. Mwah. Kiss. Kiss, 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 kiss. That's big I kiss. did see a very funny tweet that, that reminded me of, which was, wow, it kind of feels like America's cursed recently. Maybe it's uh, built on an ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> kiss or hiss. Russell Crowe being in a band called 30 Odd Foot of Grunts. Kiss or hiss. It's a hiss. Oh, it's a hiss for her, my friends. And I'm Javert 24601. Jelsea, will you take people through um, the new Patreon situation? Oh, yes, I shall. So we have a Patreon, Thank which you. we have had and will continue to have. Um, but, you know, uh, 2020 was, I think for it. a lot of people, like a year of like learning things about themselves and like <laughs> learning like their, maybe like their limits, like their like sure, mental sure, sure. and emotional and physical and personal limits. Like it was maybe a year of boundaries <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> boundaries outside of your house, boundaries with people that you know, boundaries with like your grandma who doesn't want to wear a mask, just like a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so what yeah, yeah. we found is that in a really shitty fucking year wherein uh, I think the way that I phrased it in the message I sent to existing patrons, shout out to existing patrons, is that Ellie and I used to work at the same company and then Ellie, like they had layoffs and laid off half the company Ellie was one of those people, which fucking sucked for Ellie. (laughs) I was one of the people that kept my job, which not to be like, I'm not trying to not be grateful for the fact that I have a job, but it meant that we, the people that were left then took on the responsibilities of all the people that were laid off. So it's been Mm -hmm. a real fucking shitty year. (laughs) And when we were looking at the Patreon, we felt like there were some things that we had promised on the Patreon that we weren't delivering on. And so we sat down and talked about like, how can we set the Patreon up for success where people who are wanting to contribute to the success of the podcast, which we deeply appreciate, how can we make that worth it for them while also not mm-hmm. making the experience so huge and big that like there's like a tiered system because obviously we appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. So it's one of those things where it's like we want it to be worth it to opt into the Patreon but not take away from the whole experience if you're not a mm-hmm. patron. And it's like a it's a weird line to walk and also we want to make sure that we're always able to keep up with the things that we say that we're going to be able to do. So yeah. to that end we've like super simplified the Patreon. It used to have a lot of tiers now I think it just has 3 tiers. One is like a like a $1 um hey we love you thank you so much. And then the next tier is you get access to the Discord where you can listen to episodes recorded live. So that that's the really the biggest change is that starting in yeah. 2021, starting with literally what you're listening to right now, this was recorded live over Discord and patrons got to listen to it as we live. So all the things that as we, we fucked up it. and shouldn't have said, they got to hear all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ellie's going to edit this down to the episode that you're probably listening to now via your personal preference of podcast delivery system and then there is a one higher one that has like some you know just like really um over the top benefits of like a a, like shout outs like uh choosing a topic so we just wanted to make it like a lot simpler and we wanted to give you something that would be really cool so basically the way the way that you can think about this now if you've never interacted with our patreon before is that if you like this podcast this podcast will always be free to listen to wherever you get your podcasts from now until the end of time and time. On this podcast. <laughs> if 
you want to contribute to the success of this podcast, which we greatly appreciate, and if that's something that is feasible for you, then you can opt into being a part of our live shows in our Discord, which means that not only do you get to like hear the whole unvarnished wild thing and all the crazy tangents we go off on, but it also means that you get to be part of the conversation, like the little chat that we're doing. Um, yeah while we're doing this episode and like a little bit before a little bit after so if that's something that interests you pretty fun yeah please head on over to patreon.com slash those two girls and you can learn all about that and chelsea where can people find you <laughs> people can find me at chelsea harfouche wherever internets are sold you can find me on instagram at ellie main and twitter at ellie maney that's m-a-i-n-e-y because there is still a bot parked on ellie main and it's annoying and then you can find this podcast at those two girls on patreon as we already said and on facebook instagram and twitter at what pod it's been an absolute pleasure and this week i don't know why don't you go learn something look keep it loose keep it tight say your prayers at night dude <laughs> <laughs>